What's up, guys? Welcome. Uh, <laughs> my name is Rena. I'm Josefina. This is insert name here. Uh, what are we talking about today, Josefina? Uh, you just said it. Uh, I think we're going to talk about just how hard it is being or trying to be an adult this day and age, you know. We still have the lingering effects of the pandemic. We have the linger lingering effects of like all the economic aid that was given out. We haven't even seen what's going to happen with that. You know, the U.S. Yeah. debt ceiling was just increased. Like, bro, how is a country, <laughs> how are we, how do we need to increase the amount of debt that we can have to continue running as a country? That's insane to me. That is a huge problem. But yeah, all of that trickles down to the everyday life of the 22 and 21 year olds, right? Are you 22 or 21? 22. Dang. I don't even know my best friend's age. <laughs> Yeah, how does all of this affect this, the rising generation of adults from the perspective yeah. of two rising adults? Yeah, this is partly inspired by, Josephine and I just had an unrecorded check-in where we talked to, to each other about like our lives right now. <laughs> and it was partly inspired by that. Because, um, I don't know, I think we're both just like, really feeling the weight of having to make all of these really big decisions and not really feeling prepared for them. And You know, you have all these dreams and aspirations. I wanted to be a baker and a teacher. I was a baker and I liked working where I was working, but it was too intense, you know? Every day I'd come home, my feet were killing me, you know, could barely walk. Waking up at like 5 a.m. I was only supposed to get there at seven, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then as we have already stated I'm a teacher now and I'm leaving the job because I I can't the school the school is too much for me yeah so it's like those dreams are crushed you know I I need to move out of my parents house for like my mental sanity and I can't do that number one off of a teacher's paycheck and number two I'm going to be unemployed soon you have the needs and you have to choose which one you want. Do you want the immediate relief of not working at somewhere you hate or the eventual relief of like not living, I won't say with people you hate, but like with people that you can no longer live with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's worse, a bad working situation or a bad home environment? Now I'm trying to figure things out. Meanwhile, Rena's been screwed worse honestly i keep saying that your life sucks worse than not mine <laughs> that's kind of like rude i think they just suck differently i mean my life definitely sucks but i think it's just different rena's still battling with going back to college and moving and just family stuff and it's like when is it gonna end you know I know. And the truth is, is that it never really ends, and that's adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I also think uh, this was inspired by something you just said. I can't remember what it was, though. But I, I feel like 
there's like a tension in being in situations that like you're not quite ready for that you haven't quite grown enough yet and then there's the tension of being in situations that you've outgrown and so like the time of like for example your parents house you've outgrown your parents house right like you don't <laughs> and that's kind of where this tension comes from it's not quite that like you hate them or you hate their guts or anything it's just like you've outgrown being in that space and being you know being under their well not really being under their care but being under this kind of care their dictatorship but I feel like the place where like like you've grown just enough where like places are the right fit for you I feel like either that doesn't exist or it doesn't last long because I feel like either you've outgrown a space and you're just kind of like trying to trying to figure that out or you're totally not ready to be in the next place but you're there anyway like I don't know I feel like there's not like a good a good in-between space like a good place where it's like this is the perfect fit for me and I feel wonderful it's kind of like when birds are learning how to fly the parents just kind of like knock them out the nest and it's Mm -hmm. like if you fly you fly if you don't you don't yeah yeah and so it's definitely that like falling out the nest feeling and you just you're you got to learn how to fly otherwise like it's lights out and I mean it's not a literal life or death situation but it's it's health and it's happiness that's at risk mm-hmm. and I feel like both of us are losing <laughs> <laughs> I feel like like at least for me um I lost every thought I've ever had. Yeah, like I feel like being a young adult is hard anyway, like having to make all these decisions and all that kind of stuff. And like having to figure out how to fly when your mother or father or whatever, mama bird pushed you out of the nest. Like, I feel like that's hard enough. But um, I feel like the onset of, (laughs) I don't know, like the weight of trauma makes it so much worse. Well, this is something that whenever I first left my parents' house and we were like totally confused, like we didn't know what was going to happen to me and where I was going to go and all of that kind of stuff. My like kind of like my, I don't know, my demeanor was that I would figure it out, right? Like, like if I had to like live in my car until I got a job and could pay for a place to live, like I would have to do that. Like, but like no matter what happened, I would figure it out kind of thing. And I feel like that comes from, uh, and so much I was, I'll figure it out that I didn't even ask like I didn't even call me mom I wasn't gonna be like oh yeah be mom like can I live in your house until I figure it out <laughs> right like because I didn't want to like bother her be a burden to her because I was like well whatever like I, I, this is happening and so I just have to figure it out on my own wherever I got that message from <laughs> I have some ideas but wherever I got that message from it's like so ingrained in me that like like I feel like I have to do this on my own can't ask anyone for help because like it'd be too much for them to help me and all of that kind of stuff makes this adulting thing even worse because then I'm not asking anybody for help and I can't like like there are people around who want to teach me to fly even if it's not my mom but I'm not willing to ask them because I feel you know some type of way about asking and so that makes this like doing adult stuff even harder I feel like your family is supposed to be the main like let me help you once again, a lot of trauma stems from the family unit. And uh, yeah. bro, it's so strange sometimes seeing Paul work with his family or how they communicate and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, it's really that easy. <laughs> but it's like, when my dad said, you can either like live in the house and do exactly as I say or move out 
I didn't even talk to my mom about it. I just left because mm-hmm. of like how I've seen her previously interact with my siblings. She said the same thing to my sister, you know? Yeah. Overreacts when, uh, whenever anything happens that she hasn't pre-approved, right? She's, she's a control freak. Yeah. And so I just left because I knew she'd be like, oh no, stay, stay, stay. You know, he didn't mean it. That's what she immediately that's what she immediately did when she did eventually find out. She's like, come back. You know, he didn't mean whatever he said. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, he meant it because he said it. You don't say shit. Yeah. And if you do, I'm going to check you on that. Even yeah. if you didn't mean for me to actually leave the fucking house, you, you're going to know better than to speak to me that way. Like, you're going to have some yeah. fucking... We're stuff. all adults here. Yeah. I'm an adult. And if you're going to talk to me like shit, I'm going to choose to not be in this situation. Mm-hmm. Right? I have, I have a silver of self-perseverance. Is that, is that the word? Perseverance. Liver? Perseverance. Self-preservation. Self-preser- pres- Preservation. Pers- I'm just, I'm sick of it. That's why mm-hmm. I still want to move out because I still have not spoken to my dad because of what he said hurt me and I still have my shit packed in my bags because I don't know when he's going to say it again. So yeah, it's like all this hard shit. You don't feel like you have a home to go home to. You can't make your own home because you don't have the money to. We don't have the money because we can't find a job because we're in the middle of a pandemic and no one wants to hire anybody. It's so strange because I've heard so many people say there are plenty of jobs to work from. You guys are just too lazy to want to work for them. First of all, most of these jobs are like service jobs. The jobs where people can yell at you and throw drinks at you and the management won't stand up for you. Why would anyone want to work there? Second of all, they're underpaid. When people realize that I don't got to be working here, let me leave and not come back. Maybe America needs to fix the system before they start calling people lazy because they've been working these jobs and now they don't want to. And you're like, oh, you're the problem, not us. You want to treat service employees like shit, say that they don't have real careers, don't deserve a real living wage. And then get confused when they quit. Or in the case of my friend, even go for the promotion and go for the, you know, working the system, doing the thing and being like, oh, you're a single mother. Can you really handle it? Are you allowed to say that? That sounds like trash to me. Oh, even doing the thing that everyone wants you to do. Like, oh yeah, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're not even letting us do that. Like I was thinking, because all of the jobs that are like tip based, now all a lot of tips are electronic. And so those tips are taxed. Like back then, it was just like cash. So you were just getting yeah. your tips. You could actually yeah. live off of that. If you make $200 a night from tips alone, that makes sense. How much would that be? If you serve 28 tables, they all give you five bucks. That's not 200, that's $100. But that's still $100 of tips on top of like the five, whatever you're working per hour. hour. But now people can't afford to tip. And then the tips are electronic. I didn't know that. That's something my aunt told me. As I told her, I was like, oh yeah, like I never carry cash. She was like, not even to tip? And I was like, no, like I could just like write the tip on the on, on the check or whatever. And she was like, well, like, you know, that money gets taxed. Like it comes in their paycheck. They don't even get the same day. And I was like, yeah, that's a great point. That's the other thing. They have to wait until the next pay period to get it. Yeah. A lot of people waiting, using those types of jobs don't have the time to wait for a pay period yeah yeah i have friends who have not had the time to wait for a pay period 
like I saw at the debt ceiling, it's like America is spending more and more money. But like, what are they spending it on? Because I don't see any improvements in Georgia, at least. It's like Atlanta is getting a, becoming a bigger and bigger the city. Freaking Iron Dome in Israel is what they're spending it on. I almost cussed. That's how bad I am. But anyway, oh, yeah, that it's all the military with our supersonic jets. But then we can't afford to feed kids at school because that's not our responsibility. We only require them to be there for like eight hours a day. We shouldn't be forced to feed them. I bet they wouldn't give employees lunch breaks either if they didn't have to. They definitely wouldn't because they definitely let me work through my lunch break. Because people are, if they're willing to let me work through my lunch break, obviously it's not that important to them. I'm honestly at a point in my life where, you know how you were like, oh, I'll just figure it out when you have to leave your parents' house. I'm at a point Mm -hmm. where I'm just like, I I should just find an apartment, start paying for it, and I'll just figure it out. I'll have nothing but a bed, but I can figure it out. Because it's like, I'd rather just like, I'd rather just have something decided. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like I'm tired mm-hmm. of being up in the air. I'm tired of looking for jobs. I feel like mm-hmm. that's the main, one of the main reasons I just went with the teaching job because they offered me something. I was tired of looking. Tired mm-hmm. of being no. No one really talks about like the constant rejection rejection that comes with looking for a job. In my situation, and this sounds really bratty, but like people always talk down on like service workers and stuff. Like, oh, that's not a real job. Yada yada yada. Anybody can work at McDonald's, and so being told no for like service working jobs I'm like I thought anyone could do this who am I you know what I mean I know that sounds bratty but like that sucks to just be told like it's not like I'm being to- told no to work at Google like I'm being told no to work at Wendy's yeah. and I know that like is that's like degrading to people who do that and that's not what I mean like that sucks it sucks a lot it's because we're sold this idea like oh if you go to college you can get your real your real quote-unquote career started you know, you're not supposed to be working these service jobs. These service jobs are just as important. That's why they were essential worker. Yeah. Right back under the bus as soon as things started opening up again. And then when they got fed up with being thrown under the bus and started quitting, we still threw them under the bus. Yeah, exactly. You're just lazy. It's not like you work during the entire pandemic without real compensation. You only care about the nurses and doctors. They're the real frontline workers. It's not like they stay up from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. feeding America because I can't fucking cook. For example, there's a Bojangles, like, really close to my house. And so that's where I go in the mornings because it's it's the only place open 24 hours. And so, like, in the morning when I have to go to work, if I forgot to make breakfast or didn't have time or whatever, then I'll get, like, a biscuit at Bojangles or something. The point is, a lot of the places, like, have, like, cut their hours because they had less employees. But Bojangles is one of the people who didn't do that. And so at first they were trying to make like the very short staff work the whole time anyway, which was terrible for them. And now they've got the hours and like people are like really angry and really complaining. And I'm like, y'all, they have five people working at that Bojangles. I don't understand. Like, how are y'all like yelling and like so inconsiderate of the fact that like five people can't work 24 yeah. seven, like give them a break and stop being so mad and angry. You see, this is the problem I have with, once again, 21st century America, because people are so used to getting things when they want it. You know, oh, I want to buy something off of Amazon. I can get it delivered the same day. Or, oh, I want pizza right now. I can go and get pizza right now from Little Caesars. Like, the convenience of it is great, but they forget that, like, people have to work to, like, make sure that can make that happen. And so 
there's a sense of entitlement that grows with it. It's like, I should always be able to go and get my $5 pizza from Caesars Pizza because that's what they said I can do. Well, do you right. still remember that there are humans making the pizza, taking the mm-hmm. order, billing you, doing the entire process that you don't see. You don't just come and pick up a pizza and that's it. They have yeah. to make sure the hundreds of people after you and before you get their pizza too. Now they're short-staffed because there was a freaking pandemic. Yeah. Now they're short-staffed because they haven't been really paying their workers and their workers realized that and they said, frick it, I can go. Well, I can make more money on unemployment. That's ridiculous. That's the other thing. People are always like, oh, people are so lazy. They'd rather live off of unemployment. Bro, if someone can live off of unemployment better than living off of a job, y'all praise the rich about like all these loopholes and not paying taxes and like it's like a game it's like oh yeah they you shouldn't pay taxes if you're smart enough to get around it but now when they're doing it they paid into unemployment they're getting their money back it's not even like <laughs> it's their money to begin with yeah they have a problem with it well and and part of why it irks me is because that means the government knows what like they have an idea of what it takes for people to like be able to live off of some money unemployment isn't like made for you to be able to live off of it but like the government knows how much money that that they should be giving people and so why don't they just raise the minimum wage they know what it takes for people to be able to have a little bit of a sustainable living but they're still willing to like but the minimum wage is still 725 like i don't understand i don't get it either because the government wins from people being able to pay taxes yeah they're getting more money so that they can spend more things for the country, whether it's military or infrastructure or just fixing a goddamn pothole in the road. So you want people to be working, you want people to be paying taxes, and you want to keep your country running through those taxes because we're supposed to have a zero debt. We're not supposed to be making any more money and we're not supposed to be spending any more money than we receive. But somehow we mm-hmm. have a national debt, which is concerning because that means they're spending my kids' money, not even mine at this point, like my grandkids' money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you guys aren't even working for me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's do what I told you to do. <laughs> too busy building iron domes in Israel. So I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought it up. I'm mad. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And honestly, it's just like that 1%, they run the show. Because they pay lobbyists, they pay senators, well, they don't pay them, but they do happen to uh, donate to their causes, right? Mm-hmm. Philanthropy. Philanthropy has become a word I hate, by the way, but they donate all this money to all of these causes that just so happen to run along the same platform as they do. Because nobody listens to a person with $5, but everyone pays attention to the Jenners. Why? Because they got money and platform is it the jenners or the kardashians probably both i don't care (laughs) i do not care we just say that you matter and we give you a one thousand dollar scholarship every now and then that's why i don't like philanthropy a lot of billionaires and millionaires not only like decrease what they pay in taxes by donating to something that ends up helping them Corporations do that as well. I think BP has like a charity organization. And I'm like, you guys just use this to not only like bolster your name because of that huge ass oil spill that no one's forgiven you for. But if you have a philanthropy cause, 
now you can take that money out of your taxes because BP is now donating money to charities. Same thing with Target. Would you like to round up your purchase to $67 instead of $66.30 so we can help a St. Jude's? Like, no, pay your employees first and <laughs> use the money I'm already giving you to donate. Don't ask me for more. I can money. donate to St. Jude on my own. Exactly. I'm not stupid anymore. <laughs> not even not today anymore. It's just no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> That's what I should ask. I, I don't want to be mean to the cashiers, though, because they're just doing their job. You know they're required. Yeah, they really are. Stuff. Also, Publix comes and asks us. This is not related to our topic of conversation, but I'm going to say it anyway. Publix in general is a big donator to United Way, but they decided to also have their employees donate to United Way. And so every year, they pull us into the manager's office or whatever be like would you like to take a payroll deduction basically and give that money to united way yeah they do that every year every year and i mean technically like it's donated in our name so we get to write it off on our taxes and everything it's just like immediate you know like it's just taken from like i think it's like ten dollars we get to pick but it's like do you want this ten dollars you know to be taken out immediately or whatever but i feel like that system's better than right now but I think that system is better than asking customers to round up (laughs) I I mean it's better than that because it goes in your name but they shouldn't have a meeting for that I feel like that's an overstep you shouldn't first of all that's your foundation not mine I didn't choose that don't be asking me to donate to someone I didn't choose and you meet individually with the manager and so it feels like a lot of pressure you know because you're like in an office with your manager and he's like, this is the wonderful company of the United Way. This is all the public has done. Do you want to be part of it? You know, <laughs> it's like. Anyway, we've kind of detracted from the main topic, which is trying to be an adult in 2021. It's just really hard. It's very, I would say degrading. It feels like mm-hmm. everything you do is just worthless and nobody cares. In that. It's like, I don't feel valued during the process because you'll apply to someone Half the time, they won't even say, oh, we moved on with a different candidate. Like, if mm-hmm. they say that to you, that's a, you really missed out. That company actually saw that you should get a response and acted on that. And then I'm sure it's not intentional on the company's part, but like when they do interview you and like you, you get to the final steps, or even if you get past like the first initial step and then they're like, oh no, you know, we're moving on with other applications. That's degrading as well, because I I know they want the best employee they can get for their company, but they really just said, nah, we don't want you. That hurts. Yeah, it does hurt. And it hurts once, but it also hurts over and over and over. Because people are like, oh, you're just lazy. You're picky. You're not applying to jobs. And it's like, bro, I've applied to a bajillion jobs. And just carrying that over and over, it's just like. I was keeping track of all the jobs I applied to so I could know who to expect or apply from or who to like follow up with but the list mm-hmm. got too long and I'd only get like three replies so it didn't make sense to keep a list anymore and then it it's really sad because the list just kept going you know mm-hmm. I just want to be happy I'm not even asking for a million dollars I just I just want to have a job that I can enjoy that I don't hate waking up and going to you know 
and I want a place I can go home and call home. All I can hear is that parent voice in my head. You're just a millennial, you Gen Z, like no one cares about having a fulfilling life. You can get a fulfilling life when you retire and like all that kind of stuff. And so maybe it's a problem of like our generation, not a problem. Maybe it's like a thing of our generation of like actually wanting a fulfilling life. Do other people just not care about this? The people who are employing are the old generation that are like, you shouldn't care about living a fulfilling life. You have to wait until retirement for that. Yeah. But no Gen Z is going to work for you if you say right, that. Yeah. And I'm just wondering where that disconnect is. Like, when did it become, like, why us? Why are we the ones to be like, no, actually, we're putting our foot down. We want to be treated well. We want, you know, to be able to live without working 80 hours a week. I feel like that, once again, comes from the convenience of life we live. We have phones. We can talk to anyone whenever we want. We have social media. We can entertain ourselves whenever we want, whenever we want. I just thought whenever we want, whenever we want with whatever we want, whenever we want. You know, we have Amazon, we can buy what we want whenever we want. We should be able to live a fulfilling life whenever we want. We shouldn't have to wait. So it's a blessing and a curse, I guess. Okay, that's fair. I think that's a good critique. There's a sense of entitlement, but it's not totally, there's there's a sense of entitlement, but there's also there's like an increasing sense of self-worth. And we realize that like, oh, like we're actually worth like me and my family and my happiness is worth more than the money that I'll get working 80 hours a week. And yeah. sure, I'll be able to support them, but I won't be able to be with my family. Maybe it's because we had parents who were working all the time and aunts and uncles and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, that's not the kind of life we want. It's not the kind of life we want for our kids. It's not the kind of life we want for ourselves. We want to actually love our kids. And Well, not that they didn't love us, but we want to actually like spend time with them. And It's like we grew up with only financial stability and the lack of emotional and mental stability has led us to the positions we're in right now. Mm-hmm. I, if I have kids, I want to be with them, you know, raise them, see them raised. And not yeah. cry to the teacher when they're not raising them for me. And it doesn't make the adults thing any easier that we are also in this period of figuring ourselves out, <laughs> figuring <laughs> out how we, <laughs> how we work and what, what, yeah. One of the biggest lies I was sold was that like college was where you discover yourself. That's when you leave the, oh yeah, I just do whatever to like, wait, who am I? How do I work? That all starts like junior, senior year. First two years, you're trying to figure out how college works. Now -hmm. when you have college somewhat under your belt, you're like, how, how do I work better? How do I like, how do I feel good about myself at the end of the day when no one's around? Or you can ignore it all until now and then get a boyfriend and then realize there's a whole nother aspect of life that you don't know about and you thought you had everything figured out, but you really don't. And now you don't know what to do with your life because the jobs you wanted are actually not the jobs you wanted. But it's not like I've ever experienced that or anything. No, that was hypothetical. It's hard out here in these streets. Y'all pray for your girls because it's hard. Pray for all your girls, to be honest. Not just Rena, just Athena. Pray for everybody, because we're all struggling out here trying to be adults. You could also support us on our Patreon. Right. <laughs> does not exist. Our Patreon is uh, at Rainbean16 on Venmo in Catch Up. DM me, we'll find a spot. It won't be shady. <laughs> anything, you know. <laughs> Today was a little bit sadder, confronting some hard truths about reality. 
exposing some lies we were fed, venting about how we feel about understanding those lies now. It just makes me feel more like shit, but you know. This is real-time therapy, folks. (laughs) That's all I can really say at this point. It's not even like it'll get better. It's not even like there's a light at the end of the tunnel because I don't know when that's going to happen at this point. I'm tired. Not even going to get I was um, during some church thing yesterday. I don't remember what it was. They were talking about how like, they're talking about the pandemic and like how it was really jarring and like immediate and there's like been no time for transition and getting used to anything right like whenever the pandemic started it was almost just like a brand new experience for all of us and it sucked and it was terrible and also how like that's kind of true now like with with going back from the pandemic with all of these unknowns and all of the like kind of transition into what life is like now because it's not going to be like normal and all of that kind of stuff and I don't know I thought that was really valuable to like just name that like for the past year and a half I know people have been saying it but it really is unprecedented times like we've precedented sorry not president it really is unprecedented times and like really none of us really know what we're doing (laughs) it's hard for all of us right now and we're not all in the same boat I'm not even gonna push that narrative we are in different boats but it is really hard for all of us it's kind of understandable some of this has been hard before the pandemic but it's definitely not gotten better because of it and I don't know I feel like that's important to say I know people have been saying it but I just realized it Sunday I was like oh dang like it really is hard and it really does actually make sense that it's hard in light of the pandemic. Like I knew that was true, but I didn't really know it was true until yesterday. We're just at a point in our lives and at a time in history where so much is uncertain and so much is being questioned and all of that. Yeah, it doesn't help that we're also young adults trying to keep going and trying to figure out life and try to be regular adults, you know. We're trying to figure out ourselves, trying to figure out our future and trying to figure out what the heck is happening now. There's also all this pressure, like social pressure to to imagine a better world, to imagine like the world we all want to live in and to kind of build that, which imagination takes a lot of energy and building takes even more energy. And so it's just all, it's just a lot going on. So it's really hard. It's really tiring and we have to figure out how to deal with it. And it'll be hard, but if we keep trying, surely something will turn out. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a ride. But great conversation, Rena. Yeah, ditto. I love talking to you. And for everyone else who loves hearing us talk to each other, you can catch our other episodes, once again, at Insert Name Here on Spotify. We also have an Instagram, a TikTok, and a Twitter I don't remember any of our account names for those platforms, but we're there. We also have our email, insert name here, pods at gmail.com. You can just shoot us an email with a question, topic, eh, with a topic you'd like to, with a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, or I don't know, 50 bucks, sure. 50 bucks. So thanks for tuning in and we will catch you next time. Any closing remarks, Rena? Bye y'all. Every time. <laughs> Every time it's just goodbye, y'all. Nope, I'm good. Peace on. So yeah. we'll end it there. I appreciate you asking every time though, because one of these days I will have more to say. So and one of these days I'm not gonna ask. Gonna <laughs> I know. Stop recording. But anyway, bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.